Hello, you're listening to the Ottawa Wrench podcast. The Ottawa Wrench is Ottawa's only street newspaper. You can find us online at ottawarench.ca or like us on Facebook. I'm Joey Clavette. I am the founder of the Ottawa Wrench. Uh, I served as the chief editor for a while. Now I would call myself the managing editor and I do a lot of the uh, background stuff and I do the podcast. Uh, just so you know a little bit about me. This episode, we don't have anybody to interview, so what I decided to do was to just give you guys some announcements and updates on uh, where the project, The Wrench, is going, how we're doing. And I thought that maybe I'd end it with a story, uh, a bit of an origin story of uh, the Ottawa Wrench. So, one of the questions I get asked the most is, uh, what made you start The Wrench? And then the second question I get asked is, where does the money come from? And those are two questions that I want to answer in this podcast. But first, I'm going to start by talking about the podcast itself. Uh, You may have noticed that we haven't posted in uh, about a month, I think. And I did have two interviews planned for that time. And uh, both of them uh, flopped, for for, uh, lack of a better word. I mean, uh, they've been rescheduled. So in the future, I've had my eye on, well, I've actually spoken to some social workers, psychologists from the Royal Ottawa, CSED, of course, uh, that's the Center for Social Enterprise Development. I talked about a deal in a prior podcast uh, with those folks. So they help uh, social enterprises grow. And so they have a lot of connections with social enterprises. So I thought it'd be interesting to talk about social enterprises here on the podcast. I also was thinking of sitting down with uh, John Sheldrick, who is the chief editor of the paper right now. Uh, we got one set up with uh, Soldiers Helping Soldiers, and I had my eye on uh, a guy named Pat Stogren. Uh, I've yet to contact him, so hopefully he doesn't hear this before I do. Um, he's going to be running for the NDP candidate for the, uh, for the federal NDP party, and I just think that's very fascinating. I've ran into the guy a couple times before, and I'm hoping that he will want to sit down and speak with me. Uh, I was also thinking of getting some uh, economists on, maybe, and talking about uh, the economic issues of homelessness. So, uh, hopefully that's a jam-packed and uh, interesting. It's interesting to me. Hopefully interesting to you. A list of podcasts and, the, and what'll be in the future. Oh, and speaking of podcasts as well, um, I'm going to be on a podcast called Ottawat. Uh, spelled O-T-T-A-W-A-T. With a question mark. Uh, where they interview different people from here in the city. Yeah, so that podcast should be coming out uh, around late May. Another thing to say about our own podcast is that um, I didn't realize when I got the SoundCloud that we've been hosting uh, all of our files from that you actually have to pay a certain amount in order to keep a certain amount of gigabytes of data on their site. So. What I've decided as a compromise for that is that I will take the older podcasts and I'm going to turn them into YouTube videos with maybe a little slideshow. And so we'll keep all the older podcasts on YouTube. But uh, So you'll only be able to listen to the podcast in actual podcast form uh, for so long as um, I don't overrun the data. Hopefully in the future we will have the funds to pay for more data. Uh, We've been having similar problems with the website, actually, which brings me to the second announcement or update. Uh, I wanted to give you guys a little bit of a a brief on our financial situation. Uh, As I said at the start, one of the questions that I get asked the most is, uh, how do you guys find the money? I'm going to put some screenshots of our budget onto the uh, website. So if you just click the link, if you're not already on the website, 
uh, you can check those out. Two of the priorities would be uh, the podcast and also a website. Uh, we, we had a little bit of trouble where too many people were trying to access the website at once and it crashed, which is kind of a good thing because that means that a lot of people were trying to visit the site, but also a bad thing because they couldn't. But those are kind of on the on the back burner. They're not really our number one priority. Uh, as you can see, if you look at it, we got uh, about uh, $900 that we need to uh, raise by the end of the year in order just to uh, break even. And so me, John, and all the writers have been working um, completely voluntarily, completely for free, and uh, we're still a little bit behind. And so um, not to guilt trip anybody, but uh, <laughs> I... I it would, it would it would really really be appreciated if um, you guys could donate a couple of bucks a month to the Patreon. It really goes a long way. We have uh, something like 430 likes on Facebook. If uh, if every one of you liked one, uh, sent uh, one dollar a month, we would be set, and we would have uh, I think we'd be like a thousand dollars in surplus by the end of the year if that were to happen. Uh, right now we do have a deal with uh, Euthenic, you've probably seen the ads in the newspaper, where if you donate $5, uh, we'll send you a box of what they call soap nuts. I've also talked about that in length in previous podcasts, so maybe I'll keep it to a brief. Uh, go and check out uh, patreon.com or find a physical copy of the newspaper to uh, read the ad and learn a little bit more. And so related to the uh, finances, uh, two of the big things that we want, two of the priorities uh, after balancing the budget would be uh, we need newsstands. I was thinking of uh, we could invest about $200 in newsstands. The thing about newsstands is once we get newsstands, and that means that we can start putting the paper in much more public places, uh, which would mean that we could start getting a lot more ad revenue because people would be more attracted to put ads in a more popular paper. Third priority is that we would like to get a not-for-profit status soon. And unfortunately, that costs a, uh, a bit of money. Uh, I've heard from 400 to $500 to complete, but it would be very good in the end because um, we would be able to apply for a lot of grants doing what we're doing. Uh, so what I'm planning on doing is uh, if in about a month from now we're not really seeing um, much change in the financial situation, we're going to put out an Indiegogo in order to raise the funds uh, specifically for getting the not-profit status because once we get that I think we can take off uh, this whole project so I guess with that in mind I'm gonna tell you what we've been doing outside the newspaper if you pick up the newspaper and you read through it you see all the stories and everything but uh, you don't really see everything that we've been going through and trying to do I've been uh, almost every Thursday going to st. Luke's table and sitting with those guys and we've also been working with uh, Center 454 trying to get past the uh, the criminal checks and the uh, uh, volunteer checks basically to get in there and start a program it's gonna be like a little pilot project we have this plan of uh, certain steps that participants and clients can take it'll start with writing about 200 words and then we'll go and we'll read that and we can uh, analyze kind of where the people are at in on a literacy scale and then after that um, we ask them to write a street story and then we'll we'll work with them through that till they get to their proficiency at writing it and it's clear and and then uh, after that I've actually this is a pretty exciting um, development is that I've uh, contacted some uh, psychologists who have developed the program self-authoring 
and so they've given me free access to the future authoring program to use for this uh, pilot project and so this is a very cool it's a writing uh, software that I think might be able to be developed into something like a hardware written on paper and you can write on paper um, way of working through it's psychologists trying to figure out a low-cost effective way to uh, administer basically psychiatric help to a person and so they'll ask them things like uh, where do you see yourself now if you continue to do what you're doing versus uh, where can you see yourself if you treated yourself like somebody that you loved so like you treat a loved one you know your your sister or your brother or something if you really cared about them what would you do for them to get them the best future possible but now think of it as you're doing that for yourself you think of the two things differently that's as much as I know about it right now but um, it seems to have uh, an empirical effect in uh, improving the grades of undergraduate students uh, which is what it's been tested on so far and so uh, I was hoping that it would be an interesting and hopefully helpful exercise if we were to administer it there. And so that's part of the program too. And then the whole idea is that we work them up and we get them editing the newspaper, uh, getting into everything that they need to in order to at one point become a member of the team. Uh, and hopefully at that point we would have enough money to be making salaries for people. And so that's one way that we're hoping to get the street-involved community involved in the paper. The idea behind the paper has always been and will always be to get me out of here because I have no experience in the uh, street-involved world um, and get other people to replace me who have experience in street being street-involved and kind of be a self-replicating system after that. So we've got that going on at Center 454. We're also going to be starting classes. Uh, we're going to be administering classes with the help of Discovery U. Uh, well, it's primarily a Discovery U program. We're working in tandem with them uh, to administer uh, creative writing courses every second uh, Tuesday at the Ottawa Mission, which is going to be a cool little project that we are working on. Um, and one final announcement is that in the future, when the next issue comes out, which will be uh, the second week of June, we are going to administer the website a little bit differently. What we're going to be doing is uh, we're not going to post all of the articles all at once. We're going to post them every second day until the next one comes out. And so we're hoping that this is going to incentivize people to go out and get a physical copy of it. And I am thinking of putting uh, a full PDF version of it behind. Uh, uh, if you if you donate a dollar to the Patreon, then you get a, a free PDF. Well, you get a PDF co a copy of um, of the newspaper. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be an update there. But yeah, the next one is coming out second week of June. And so that's all the announcements and updates that I have. And so, as I said, I'm, I'm going to give you the origin story. The most common question that I get asked is, uh, so how did uh, how did it start? Why did you do it? And I think, um, I don't always say this because it's kind of a hefty answer, but the, the first and primary thing that I, that I think of it as the reason why I do it is because while I was studying philosophy, and I've always been very interested in... Um, correct action you know what makes a what makes somebody a good moral character 
how do you do it? And so, of course, a huge part of that is what you do in your own life and with all the people that you know. You as an individual person, that's a huge thing. But uh, anybody, even like Aristotle, uh, one of the oldest moralizers there were, um, at least in the philosophy canon, um, talked about how you can't actually be a good person in a bad um, state, a political state, country, a bad place, a place surrounded by other bad people. Part of what makes you good is your ability uh, to interact with the 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 political atmosphere that you're in, or the societal, that's a better word, a societal atmosphere that you're in. Um, and so part of being a good person means going and interacting with those other people in the world uh, that aren't in your immediate circle. Um, and then there's also Immanuel Kant, and uh, learning Immanuel Kant's ethics was something that I think really turned me around. And uh, even though it probably sounds incredibly... Uh, verbose to most people if I even use that word properly. That's another interesting that I'll get thing that I'll get to at some point. I'm not even I'm not an English major or anything. Uh, I was the editor for the paper for a couple of issues and I probably shouldn't have been. Um, <laughs> and so Immanuel Kant has this idea of he calls it the categorical imperative and the first utterance or the first manifestation of the categorical imperative goes uh, always act according to a maxim by which you could will it to be a universal principle and now that's a big word salad what does it mean basically a lot of people have uh, um, said that sounds a lot like Jesus that sounds like when Jesus and all kinds of other religions have said, uh, treat others the way that you would want to be treated. But for me and my little young philosophy loving head, I really enjoyed the analytics of it. Um, basically the idea that like actually you have to think yourself through what if everybody did what I'm doing in this situation? Uh, would it basically be contradictory to my own self-interest? Would it be contradictory? Would would, would everything kind of fall apart and be terrible if everybody did what I did, am doing in this instance? And uh, so I thought that was a very powerful way to look at the world. And uh, so it started to, and when I started to think on that, you know, I had been somebody who was a little bit outspoken about po politics, even though I was a young person, I didn't know anything. I, I thought, uh, oh, I'm, I'm a 17 year old, I know uh, exactly what the United States government should be doing and, and how to... Uh, create a, a political system, blah, blah, blah. Um, kind of gets you thinking more on a personal level, uh, what you should be doing, and you start to hone things in. You go, okay, well, maybe I don't know what the United States uh, president should be doing. I don't know what the United States administration should be doing. I didn't even really know how a bill got passed, so how could I be going and saying something like that? And so in, uh, instead you kind of hone things in, you go, well, I'll fix myself. And then you go, well, I can at least try to fix the city, the city around me. I think that's a good way to, to start, you know, the people in your immediate vicinity in the society, the people that you have to deal with day in and day out. And what's the major problem in the city? I would say, uh, the major problem in the city is homelessness. That is the major moral issue in this city, probably in most of um, the first world 
that's the big thing that we face uh, that we're living in so much I mean if you wanted to generalize over it I'm sure there's a lot of other things that might take precedence but I think that's the most immediate and the most pragmatic thing that we can actually fix if we just look at it and we had an honest discussion about it and so that's why I wanted to focus on that uh, which takes me to now I was working with a group called Castlestone for a while and uh, we were doing uh, what we called homeless outreach we would go to uh, panhandlers and we would offer them little toothbrushes or hand soap things like that uh, pizza and coffee is eventually what we started doing um, and it was kind of uh, it was kind of dumb to be perfectly honest and uh, uh, not very many people appreciated it. Um, we would talk to people and we wouldn't do anything about it. Uh, and it wasn't going anywhere. And so I began to think to myself, well, maybe I should do something. Maybe I should do it instead. And um, at the same time, I had been writing in uh, the Leveler newspaper for about a year. And I decided to take off on that. And I guess it was a, a whole collision of things because I had also been living downtown. And I had one uh, poignant experience with um, a man when I was working in Elmville Loblaws. Um, <clears throat> I met the man outside and he asked for me for some money so he could buy some food. And he told me that he just got out of Innis Road Jail. And I said, wow, I just wrote uh, an entire article about Innis Road Jail. Can you tell me about what it's like on the inside? We got into this conversation. I got to know his name. I gave him some money so he could go buy a meal very nice guy uh he didn't look too bad you know he had um he had some redness in his face you know um obviously the prison hadn't treated him very nicely i think he had said that they didn't even give him bus tickets so he had to figure out his own way home from the the jail out in uh it's almost in orleans i think it's in gloucester um in his road of course um and then I had seen him again a couple of weeks later. He kind of half forgot me. But after I pointed it out, he had remembered me. And uh, he was not looking very good. He started, he was losing the color in his face. It looked like he had succumbed again to uh, some drug addictions. Uh, he was originally in prison for an assault, that's what he told me. Uh, basically a drunken bar fight. That's what he had said. Um, and just the condition of this dude, he had been shot in the leg with a BB gun for some reason, and all he wanted to do was to get enough money to stay in the, uh, in the Econo Lodge on Rideau. He didn't want to stay at any of the, um, at any of the shelters. And then I met him again a couple of weeks later, and this time he was actually high on something, um was in the McDonald's on Rideau. And he was very nice. He was, I was with my friends, and he wished my, my friend was having a birthday, and he wished her a happy birthday. Uh, I got him a bit of food, and we had a chat. He was very nice, but you could tell that he wasn't um, where he wanted to be, obviously. You know, he wasn't doing very good. He was just getting worse, and that that had a big effect on me. And I, I, always, I always tried to take the opportunity to chat with... Um, with the people on uh, on the street when I could, and uh, it affects you, and you go, holy crap! I'm living in uh, the first world. I'm living in you know rich Canada. Why the hell is this happening? So, 
we should try to do something about it. I have absolutely no idea what to do about it, so I can't go and start, uh, you know, I'm not an expert, I'm not a social worker, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not an economist, uh, but what I do know is how to write, and I can, um, I can get some other people that can do that, and I can slap some stuff together, and we can start a conversation about this, and so that's exactly what I did, I looked into it, and apparently there's a, an idea of a street newspaper, and it existed before, so I kind of uh, went off of that. And uh, so the whole thing started to come along, and uh, as soon as I'd finished my last exam uh, in April of 2016, I started working on the paper. I went and I contacted uh, somebody from the mission, and uh, this person from the mission, uh, Kathy Sillis, who I'm still working with, and I drop off a whole bunch of copies there, and she distributes it, and she's amazing. We've written a little story about her. Um... And then from then on, I went and I tried to contact as many of the shelters and drop-in centers and everything as I could and try to build myself a little network so I could figure out how I was going to coast through this. And uh, at one point, I think this is one of the funnier stories, I had uh, contacted a bunch of media and I was trying to get, because uh, I, I had set up a meeting at the mission to uh, get some stories from the homeless to start a street newspaper. And I decided, you know, I'm going to try to get some media on this issue. Uh, so I contacted a whole bunch of different papers, and uh, the last thing I did was I went, hmm, maybe I'll see if the CBC radio will uh, take <laughs> will take this story. It's worth a shot. It's probably not going to happen. I might get something in, uh, you know, one of these smaller papers. I had contacted a couple of community papers. Nobody responded to me except for the CBC radio. <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't have anything to show for it. All I had was a meeting at the Ottawa Mission, and uh, they agreed to have a meeting uh, to to have an interview. And so I brought somebody from uh, the writing group, uh, and uh, we we did the interview, and we were on the radio, and that was really cool. And then from there, uh, there was a woman called Marguerite Boyer who worked for the North Grenville Times. A uh, little newspaper, um, past Manatic, uh, and she did production for that paper, and that was the one thing that I needed because I had no idea, even the software to use to make a newspaper, and uh, so fortunately she did the whole thing, the whole first one for me. I just had to coordinate and send her in all the articles and stuff, and a friend of mine uh, made the symbols. And uh, we worked on kind of like the design and the look as much as possible. Uh, we put a little bit of ads in, looking for people who wanted to sell ads and and, and whatnot like that. And uh, and then in the second issue, I taught myself how to. Uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. And uh, so simultaneously, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to get some friends who are going to make a website for me. And a couple of people bail on me, and I have no idea what I'm doing. And I end up with this massive <laughs> package uh well it's not it's pretty cheap but it's a very basic package on the on the net uh but luckily it has a wordpress so i just plugged in a wordpress i was able to figure out the wordpress and we got the whole thing running on wordpress through godaddy i had bought the website name from some guy and then i had to trade it over it was all very complicated um but, you know, we got through it, and it was pretty easy. And one of the things that I want to, uh, I'm hoping that people take out of this, or I'm hoping that at some point 
I can talk to some other people who were my age when I started it, I, even though it was, a, it was a year ago now, um, that, uh, you know, to, to do what you would like to do, that uh, there's something very, I mean, in a way I'm an entrepreneur, although you wouldn't think of me, I'm not, uh, I've, I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs, I'm not a, one of these um, software developing uh, go-getters or whatever, but, uh, you know, you can create um whatever you can create and you can teach yourself these things and and you can go and you can make something and uh, the one thing that i've been learning is that uh usually it works but usually it's going to take a little bit longer than you thought that it would take and uh that little time between when you thought it would work and that little bit longer is a very frustrating time but then when that little bit longer comes around, that's, uh, it's, it's very nice. And so I've gotten, uh, four issues of this thing out and I had a couple of friends, I've got some family, got some people, um, donating on the Patreon. We've sell, sold ads. We've got several shelters and drop-ins. I got people sending me emails. They want copies. Uh, they want to send me more material. Uh, you know, so it's going, it's, it's, um, you know, you can do it. If I can do it, then you can do it. That's what I would like to tell some young kids someday. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, I suppose that's the, that's most, that's pretty much the origin story of the wrench. Um, maybe I'll go into it in more detail if somebody asks me at some point, but, um, I think that covers the why I do it and, uh, the how I came to do it. And, uh, I hope that it's a, I feel like I'm just tooting my own horn. I hope that it uh, inspires some people. I mean, that's part of why I'm doing it. Not that I want... I don't want you to go, Hey, Joey, wow. I want you to go, Hey, anybody, because that's who I am. I'm anybody. And uh, you're also anybody, and anybody can do whatever they would like. Uh, it just takes a little bit longer than you thought, and uh, you might have to skip a few parties. <laughs> But uh, it's worth it in the end, if, if that's what you want to do. If you want to go to some parties, go to some parties. That's fun, too. <laughs> All right, so um, I think with that, that uh, I'm going to wrap this podcast up. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, if you haven't already, go and like the Facebook page. Um, if you can, please donate some money to the Patreon. Uh, and keep an eye out in the uh, second week of June for issue 5 of The Wrench. If you haven't seen issue 4 of The Wrench, it's all online. Uh, all of the articles are online. And uh, you should be able to find some um, newspapers. I'm going to pin the map uh, to the top of the Facebook so that people can go and find out where they are. Uh, if you're going to try to find them from libraries and you don't find them from a library, please send me a, a message. Um over the wrench facebook or to our email it'll be at the back of the paper uh i think it's at the bottom of the website send an email it's editors at ottawawrench.ca and uh, let me know if you couldn't find it at a certain library because it's important to us and uh with that i will let you uh i'll let you go <laughs> and with that i will bid you adieu thank you so much <laughs>